You're listening to Authentically Me, a podcast dedicated to activating the magic that is within us all through the power of authenticity, sharing, and transmuting with love. Here you will find real life experiences shared through the lens of everything is always serving. We are led through this journey by your host, me, Serena Rose. I am a ceremonialist who believes that our life is just one big ceremony for our soul. Connect to your soul and enjoy the ceremony. Hello, my Authentically Me beauties. Today, I have a guest on the show who I would go as far as saying is my first soul brother that I made on this spiritual awakening soul journey that I have been on for a number of years, and I am just so grateful to have him here and Mr. Joel, will you introduce yourself to my listeners and just tell them who you are? Yes. So first of all, um, that's, I think that's quite an honor to be your first soul brother on this journey. So uh, I would like to acknowledge that. That was quite a, quite a connection we had in Maui. And I think you connected with, with a lot of people. This was in January of 2018 for a little frame of reference. And, uh, and so, yeah, I think, I think you were, if I remember correctly, you were voted like most connected or something through the whole, whole group. So, um, yeah, it's been a great connection that we've been able to share from that point until now. Mm-hmm. So thank you for that. Um, yeah, an intro for me. So I, uh, own Serena, as I said, now for about a year and a half, and we've been sharing similar trajectories just with, as it relates to finding our voice with service in a community, not just for people who are um, what I would characterize or judge as um, like doing the work or awakening or uh, self-aware, but also for people perhaps on the quote unquote fringes and just trying to show up and be authentically ourselves and and to see how that trickles down and how that relates to what people need and i think we're just doing the work of filling filling the gaps and the voids so that's what i'm about yes i love that and yeah hawaii was amazing to circle back to that and I came to this realization today that just how valuable that connection was to me. And it was almost as if I just felt magnetically drawn to you. Like we literally are soul brother and soul sister from perhaps a past life or obviously this life. So um, it just it feels important to acknowledge that connection and to anchor that in. And yeah, additionally, throughout this process and conversations that we've had, this is not the first time that I have heard you mention the people on the fringes. And it's been, you know, referred to in a lot of different ways in many conversations that you and I have had. And I always 
have appreciated that. You've touched on that and just casted a, a bigger net, you know, for yourself and then also brought awareness to me for myself and my practices and business to keep the net as open <laughs> as possible and rise with as many lives and souls as we can touch. So thank you for that reflection and bringing it up and bringing it into my awareness. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's a big part of, I think what I try to do is um, involve as many people as possible. And I think, in some aspects of my personality and in my past, that's who I've been. Even in school, I had friends from many different groups. And then uh, now, as I find myself with a lot of my closest friends are uh, colleagues and coaches and um, I, who I, again, would characterize as like awake individuals who are doing the work. I think also because I've, I've had a, an ability and a gift to work in the emergency department as a medical provider <clears throat> and to see the brokenness of the quote unquote healers of our world of, of the physicians and the PAs and, you know, the nurses and the, and the nurse practitioners in a community where it's like, that is geared toward, I mean, these people, myself included, gave up some of the best years of our lives to study so that we could be a part of something larger than ourselves and then got out into this massive machine of Western medicine, which is not at all what we were told it would be. Um, and when I exited that, largely exited that and, and started coaching more full time, I still had that idea like, man, these people need help too. And not just in medicine, but, you know, perhaps people who went to college because they were told that was what they should do and got a degree and then got out and started working in a cubicle somewhere and we're like wait a minute or whatever you know our our sphere of influence can be larger than just people who are in this sort of spiritual community and I think it's important to retain that orientation yeah absolutely and I'm so glad that you mentioned your medical background because to me, I remember when I first learned that you were a doctor, I was like, oh, damn, okay, like, go ahead with your bad self. Like, that's awesome. And I just love what it is that you are doing, making waves in the field of medicine. And I relate to you so much in such a way because with hairstylists and makeup artists, you know, my end goal is to make waves in the beauty industry with how we can maximize the healing that happens and that soft space that is created between a hairstylist and a customer and just making waves energetically, spiritually for healing and for humans that are on this earth right now. And I see you doing that in your own way, in your own field, and it's just really beautiful. I'm like, yes, yes, let's do this. <laughs> yeah, I think, I, first of all, I appreciate that. Thank you for those beautiful words of affirmation. Um, and just to be clear, because I, I, I don't want anybody to get like, the wrong impression, I'm technically a physician assistant, and so um, not quite a doctor. I get called doctor a lot. I get called all kinds of things, but um, just so that I'm um, being truthful and honest about that. Mm -hmm. uh, but also, I think it's really cool that you have taken a similar approach where we don't have to sort of um, pull ourselves into this inclusive group of individuals that is, in my eyes, to a degree sort of self-serving. 
but that we can stay sort of where we're at and be a, a, a witness for what's more and other ability to get, take things a little deeper, whether it's you know, having a, a beautiful, what I would characterize as like a full on coaching session, which also would be like uh, beauty therapy, which would also be like um, boost of self-worth and self-confidence, like what you do with somebody in a chair or in your, you know, where to, wherever it is that you practice your art, that's a really beautiful interaction that I think it's important for you with your gift and your skill set to capitalize on. I don't know how much of that um, is still a part of your daily or, you know, kind of in your awareness, but it's beautiful that you're able to take that opportunity and say, hey, there's something here. I don't need to necessarily do a complete 180 from what I was doing before, but I can trickle this in everywhere. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would say right now it's just trickled in and I'm okay with that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I appreciate all of that and thank you, brother. I want to talk about you and I'm so excited for you to be here because yeah, I, everybody else that I have interviewed, I've had like 12 questions lined up and for some reason for this interview, it just felt right to keep it simple and let the conversation flow. And I just know in my heart that you have so much wisdom to share and part of me is just like okay here's the mic you <laughs> you go you go like tell us what we need to hear you know um so with that being said just out of the cusp what is on your heart what is your message right now well i think um you know, one of the things that has been in my awareness recently, I'll just share in June, you know, it's officially July, July 2nd, quite a lot going on right now. got our new moon and uh, lunar eclipse and all kinds of things mm -hmm. sort of all, all kind of happening. And it's, a, it's sort of um, appropriate for me as almost like a cherry on top of this crazy month-long journey I've had in, uh, in June. I sort of convinced myself slash was convinced to take some time off from uh, coaching. And um, for those that aren't familiar with what I do, I, I coach full time and work a little bit in the emergency department as well. I'm geared on sort of multidimensional wellness. Um, I have a strong background in human nutrition and exercise and wellness. Those are dual majors in my undergrad. And then everything from mindset and, and mindfulness to uh, spirituality and, and personal growth in that way as well. And so that kind of been pretty active on social media, putting out content that I resonate with that comes from my heart. And um, I found myself in a place where I, since I like what I do so much, I was doing it so much that I was wearing myself out really. And, and it was coming from more of a place of, sort of um, like a need to energy rather than like a want to heart centered energy. And so took some time off, went to, to um, Rocky Point with a friend of mine who had a, a resort and everything just squared away and was like, I just want you to be my guest. And so we went and I, I really did. I unwound and sort of took a look at things from a distance and I didn't post anything online. I really had some, some amazing uh, time alone with Mama Nature, floated around in the in the uh, Gulf there quite a bit, 
and got some great workouts in. And then the very last day of this seven day trip, I got very sick. And so um, from that day forward until about 13 days later, I lost 12 pounds. I almost went to the emergency department where I work. Um, I had a couple different visits from one of my friends as a concierge doc. I had a naturopath come see me as well, who both gave me IV hydration and, and fluids and stuff. And essentially it was a, a food poisoning, foodborne illness, colitis, enteritis, whatever. And it leveled me. Um, and it was a really intense experience for me to get reoriented back to how I can learn, number one, from the pain teacher in this dramatic mm -hmm. sort of lesson. And then uh, number two, to just literally slow me down to the point of like not really getting out of bed much except to go to the bathroom. I mean, as graphic as that is, that was my reality for a while. Not even eating food. Um, you know, certainly not doing anything active or uh, expending any energy in that way. And so it really was a time for me to, to look at my life <laughs> and to look at what I was doing and, and my trajectory and how I was showing up in the world and what I was prioritizing. And it, and it brought me back to this place of, um, of really just being centered in myself and my truest self and realizing that I don't have to sit for 30, 45 minutes every single morning and every single night to be mindful and, and to have a, some centering in the truth and in my relationship with, you know, my higher self and with God. And I don't have to go to the gym to exercise and break a sweat and push myself to the point where all I can think about is the next rep to be conscious of my body and my, or the kind of space I take up and how I'm moving. And my relationships, I mean, everything was just distilled down to this real basic level of survival and awareness. And so now I'm taking this sort of experience that I had and I'm applying it to my work, to my, to the way that I show up for my clients and, um, and in the emergency department as well. And, and sort of obviously in this conversation and, um, getting back to basics has been incredibly powerful to me and has been a, a way for me to say, you know, despite where I'm at, how healthy I am, um, geographically where I'm at, mentally where I'm at, spiritually where I'm at, we have this sort of ability to center and sort of um, escape reality and time and our physical body and, mm -hmm. and pain and these sort of things and just really ground into to who we are and, and to be connected. And so um, I'm integrating this right now, as you can tell, even out loud as I speak it, integrating this into my sort of awareness and, and uh, how I can take this message, learn more from it and share it with other people to sort of simplify rather than look outside of ourselves and, and um, have to go to the gym or have to do yoga or have to sit and meditate. But really just to say, man, I have the answers. I am the answer. We are connected. We are one. And, um, you know, that was just a really pushed in, in my face for a, a few weeks there. So. Wow. Thank you for sharing that with us. And what an honor to be witness to this raw integration that happened in this moment. And Right now, collectively, I pick up on the energy of 
integration and that being a very real thing right now for yeah a large number of people we are in the spirit of integration like it is time (laughs) and i myself have been able to integrate so many things that i've been learning on my journey and for me my number one challenge has been relationships Um, or the most challenging aspect up until this point in my life has been relationships and how entangled I get in them and how I allow these entanglements to ripple into the rest of my life. And so I have been doing the work and I presently this week under this new moon and all of the things that you just said, I'm like, yes, I'm with you. It is a period of integration, and I also love that you spoke of pain being a teacher because that is so relevant and so needed. It's such a big perception shift that literally changes everything. If you can view pain as a teacher, whether it be physical, emotional, however it shows up, you can move through it. Easily and, or more easily, I should say. Um, Yeah, I just, I love, I love that share. Thank you for being so raw and vulnerable. I had no idea that you had this experience. And I noticed because when we first jumped on, for those listening, we were on video for a hot second because I got to get my Joel time in. Mm -hmm. And I noticed that, you know, you look a little skinnier and I didn't really think anything of it, but I had no idea that this experience happened to you. And for whatever it is worth, I, I am so honored and so proud of you for how you're showing up for yourself and the space that you hold so that others can learn and see through you. So thank you, brother. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, I, I appreciate that affirmation. And um, it's interesting because that might, that might be one of the most challenging components of this whole thing was, was the effect on my body. And um, I haven't been as thin since I was an addict, since I was a drug addict and that it's been 15 years. And you know, I took a lot of pride in, um, for those listening who don't know me, uh, I'm 6'3", and right now I weigh 157. And so that's pretty thin. Um, I got myself up to 170 just before my vacation, and I was all proud because I did, like, uh, I kind of gave myself a taste of my own medicine and um, actually counted my macros for a little while. I wasn't obsessive, but um, I focused on eating higher protein and just being mindful about the food, not just going nuts on avocados and olive oil and uh, trying to balance things a little bit with the intention of losing some body fat and putting on some lean body mass. And I've manipulated my frame quite a bit over the years that I've been active. And I was really proud of the shape that I was in about a month ago. I was in probably the best shape of my life. I'm 37 now. And, um, you know, I felt great. I was at the gym pretty often and um, very active in the mornings as well. Just felt really in tune with my body. And then to not literally not eat and to just have this incredible purging happening for, you know, nearly two weeks. 
and to watch all that change and go away and to like, like look at my eyes while well, I was just, I mean, I looked pretty, pretty gaunt and people that have seen me in the emergency department, or as you mentioned, I uh, saw my buddy at the gym and he was like, what happened to you? And it was a hard 13 pounds. And so that for me was one of the biggest pieces that I found that I was associating my physical shell with who I am on like on too too heavy of a level and i think a lot of that is because i want to demonstrate health i want to i want to live this i want to give the impression of health and and vitality and i think i typically do that but i think i was getting out of balance with it i was perhaps too focused on my physical shell and suddenly that was just sort of the carpet was pulled out from under me and it was like wait what's under there what's underneath that physical shell and, and how can you find your sense of self-worth and pride and um, how can we pull away the ego a little bit more? Mm-hmm. And so um, that was a pretty intense experience for me and I'm really trying hard to get some of that weight back on. Um, but also just trusting the process and, and being mindful about the process. And so, yeah. Mm. Yeah. I, <laughs> So for me, I'm glad you mentioned ego because as you were sharing your story in my head, I'm like, fucking universe always coming through. <laughs> like, guess what I'm in sure. my prime. It's like, <laughs> no, no, let me, let me rip that carpet out. From yeah. And so I myself have really gotten to sit with a number of things um, and just humble myself and not be in a, a higher, you know, ego, I guess you could say, or a lower ego rather, but being in a higher ego with where I'm coming from. And what an interesting journey being human and having these experiences. And that is something that I've learned that happens. And so, you know, even even the addict bit that you mentioned, you know, you mentioned that and I'm thinking to myself, why is that resurfacing? Like, what is that teaching you or what are you to look at from your past, perhaps, if anything, you know, but the fact that that came through your consciousness, like, wow, it's been a while since I've been here, you know, like what emotions are there and you don't have to go into that here but that's just what was coming up for me and I'm wondering if anything like that came up for you yeah I mean I think I what's really interesting is I just remembered that um, I posted uh, a photograph of myself when I was an addict and that was almost like right in the middle of this or kind of I think toward the tail end of this uh, we just had a photo shared with me by one of my friends um, who is amazing. He's doing very well right now, but we were, we shared needles. I mean, I crashed behind his couch in his house for a little while and he found these old photos. It was myself, him, and one of our other friends. And the three of us have survived. We're all friends um, still to this day. And, and uh, you know, we live all over the U S we don't, we're not in the same area we don't talk a whole lot, but they both, I'm just incredibly proud of both of them. They, one has his doctorates in uh, social work and one's working on his doctorate right now. Um, they are so other oriented and so self, uh, selfless and self, you know, um, service oriented that it's just, it's beautiful to see. But 
one of them sent me this picture of where we were at then. And I mean, just how dramatically different it was. And uh, just saying that out loud is I, you know, maybe there's some connection there where I saw that photograph and made me realize, man, holy cow, look, look at where I was and, and where I'm at now. And, and to be clear, I think I was closer to like 140 in that time frame, um, just like skeleton looking. But, uh, but yeah, it's, I mean, it, it just is, I think for me, it was a way to, to kind of show me how much the people that I get to talk to and, and console with and coach how they might feel like I, I got to wear the shoes of, of some of my clients mm-hmm. when there's this space where like physically it doesn't match what's happening inside. And that one of the beautiful things that I've heard on calls with my clients or, you know, prospective clients, I've heard this a few times is I just want the outside to match the inside. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of times I think that's flipped in society, especially, you know, I live in Scottsdale and I go to a gym here in Old Town and it's, it's some of the, um, you know, most quote unquote beautiful people on the outside, but what's on the inside. And uh, it, it's almost like this backwards idea. And for me, it was like, man, I had the outside stripped away, you know, and, and a lot of people live their lives, say overweight or with their addictions on their sleeve where it's so externally obvious but underneath all of that there's a person who is you know could be the most beautiful caring you know uh, oriented person who is just you know carrying around this um, this shell that doesn't quite match and so for me to be in that place I was just like man holy cow this is you know it's pretty uh pretty interesting to be able to reflect on that as sort of a consultant and coach and, and a teacher for some of these, these people that experience this daily. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel that. And just listening to that, I'm, I'm imagining because you're speaking of what I'm perceiving as judgments, you know, um, like what classifies somebody as beautiful externally versus beautiful internally. And we come to that based on our own judgments and perceptions. And something that I have experienced in my life is being questioned. You know, um, if I am in a place where I don't feel like my external is matching my internal or whatever the case may be. Um, I've had a lot of reflections of, well, whatever, Serena, you're beautiful. Like, you know, like who cares? And just kind of discrediting uh, what it is that I'm allowed to feel. And I can imagine judgments perhaps of others listening to you say, I'm, I'm 6'3 and weigh 157, I think you said, and um, just maybe even scoffing at that, like, oh, like what's the big deal, you know? But we are all allowed to have our own experiences and our own journeys and our own growth and expansion and death and rebirth. And it just feels important to address because we're all so different. And no matter where you are on your journey or what it is you're going through, you're allowed to be there. And so I just, I felt called to, to speak to that. And yeah, if you have anything to add, I'd like to, to give you space to do so. Yeah, I think, um, 
I think that there's an ability for us to separate ourselves from our physical self and, and to totally disconnect from like, well, you know, I think there are kind of two schools of thought where it's like, I accept myself enough, like my physical self enough that I, I don't want or need to do any work on this. Like I just love myself and I want to be this poster child for someone who loves themselves. And, you know, and then on the flip side of that coin is like, I'm all for that. And I, I fully, and that's something I even can work on myself is more self-acceptance with my physical self. Um, having been where I've been in my life and, and what I do for, you know, for my primary vocation at this point. And then the flip side of that coin is like, if I love myself and I accept myself to the fullest, then I also want to exercise some sense of discipline with myself or devotion to my health where I'm not oriented on uh, immediate gratification or just like whatever feels good, but I have some sense of like maintenance of my temple. And personally for me, when I am focused on keeping my physical shell, my temple in alignment, I'm most able to channel source energy. I'm most able to be as influential in other people's lives. And I'm most able to speak the truth and keep things clearly flowing through me. Whereas when I'm, you know, sort of uh, not in full alignment with that, or I'm just kind of, you know, eating whatever, drinking uh, perhaps too much for my, my body and my mind and the way that I know I process things. And I feel a little off and, and I don't feel like that is self-love. I don't feel like personally for me, I don't feel like that is self-acceptance. I feel like in a way that's almost like self-sabotage for me. And so that's a line that I think everybody has to find on their own and walk on their own. Um, but that certainly is a very clear line in the sand when it comes to the type of work that I do, where, you know, are we, are we interested in adjusting our physical shell for the right reasons? You know, is it, is it for societal reasons or is it, um, you know, for personal reasons or, you know, what is, what's the purpose behind it? So. Or is it because you love yourself? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Yes. I love that so much. And yeah, drinking, um, just for clarification purposes, you are referencing drinking alcohol. Yes. Correct. Yes. Correct. Interesting. So is it okay if I share with you a recent discovery that I've had and then maybe have you give input on what that is? Yeah, I would love that. So I have been practicing intermittent fasting for a number of months now. And as you know, and in case my listeners do not know, I am vegan and also recently have my body has morphed and i am rejecting gluten now so i'm vegan gluten-free intermittent fasting and this has been consistent for quite some time and so with that being said my body is changing and i i feel as if my my dna is changing and now, when I drink compared to a number of years ago or even a year ago for that matter, I have a different reaction. I literally feel as if I have a chemical imbalance that occurs in my body with these recent changes. 
Um, so I'm just wondering what light you could shine or what you have to say about that. Yeah, hundred percent. I, so I can talk about this for hours, but one of the things I would definitely draw an analogy to is, and I'm not sure if you've had this experience. I'm assuming perhaps you've had something like it. So if we were to uh, dip our toes into meditation and, um, kind of go about our daily life, we might find that if say a car cuts us off or we get in an argument with our boss or like whatever, we respond to it a little bit differently. Like we notice a little bit of a shift in our reaction to it. And perhaps, Mm -hmm. perhaps we don't react. Maybe we respond and we're a little more calculated and then say um, we drop into uh, let's just go crazy and say we go to like a Vipassana retreat, meditate for a week straight for 10 hours a day. And then we come back home and we integrate that and we, and we continue to meditate twice a day for you know half an hour, 45 minutes, whatever. And then we go out into the world and even the smallest bit of discord or sensation that we're craving something, craving an experience or we're resisting something in our lives, even like a, a simple thought or something like that becomes so much more heightened. Our awareness becomes so much more in tune and I think that is similar to what you're saying as it relates to your diet and your, and your physical body as well. It's just simply when we clean things out and when we change our relationship with ourselves and you take away things and and gluten, man, that's a, it's a polarizing subject in the scientific (laughs) world right now. Um, Yes, it is. (laughs) But the the bottom line is that it is very pro-inflammatory for some people and if it is for you and you remove that, then your body is going to be so much more uh, relaxed, let's say. You're going to have a less of an inflammatory cascade that's constantly on like level three alert. So maybe you take yourself from level three alert, like low level inflammation by you know, no animal products, um, which has been a long time for you. And then you reduce the frequency with which you're consuming food. And so your body is able to really rest and incorporate all of those micro and macronutrients into who you are and eventually who you're being. And then also you omit the gluten. And so then not only are you performing autophagy, which is kind of the cellular cleansing, and you're increasing the glymphatic system, which is similar to the lymphatic system, the body sewer system for the brain. So like power washing your brain each night, all of these, you know, increase in growth hormone, Um, preservation of lean muscle mass, uh, using fat stores for energy, all of these sort of benefits of intermittent fasting. Then, of course, when you put a a literal poison in your body and put ethanol in your body and your liver's like, wait a minute, what's this? I have to process all of this stuff. (laughs) And it's leaking into um, into your bloodstream from your stomach. And then moving on to your liver, yeah, that's a poison. And and your body is going to really um, integrate that and assimilate that, metabolize and excrete it differently than this sort of high level purification cleansing that you're doing. And people can argue, is fasting good? Is it bad? Is it for everybody? Is it good long-term, short-term, whatever? I've got a lot of experience with it. And the bottom line is that you really have been doing your body a great service for a while now. And so, yes, you're going to become incredibly sensitive to alcohol. Um, Psychoactive compounds will have a similar effect for you. Marijuana will probably have a similar effect for you. Um, 
depending on use and duration and that kind of stuff. But yeah, it's, it's awesome that you're noticing that that's testament to how much of a shift we can have with dietary changes. Yeah. Thank you for speaking all of that. And it's interesting the correlation alcohol has socially (laughs) in my life. And I assume the lives of many, uh, because just the way that our society produces it, consumes it, turns to it. Um, it's just so interesting to pay attention to that relationship that I share with alcohol and that I know a number of people do. And, um, this journey and this discovery of myself has for sure brought up shadows and, and things that I get to, to sit with now. And it's just so interesting. It's interesting. And I'm learning to shift into play with it and a deeper self-love and self-acceptance. And in doing so, I get to be even deeper in my body. And so to me, that's what happens when you face off with things and, and actually do the work and integrate the work into your life. And so I'm grateful for the chemical imbalance because I'm grateful for the pain if you will that it has brought up <clears throat> yeah 100 percent. i mean that's i think that's sort of where i was going to go with this too is that with exogenous substances anything that is not produced in our body that we're putting into our body there's an effect and some people are chasing who they become when they have these substances on board and for example i used to tell myself a story that i was uh timid and I was um, less outspoken, and I was not quite as funny sober. And when I drank, it was like a social lubricant for me. I was able to converse more fluidly and, and that kind of thing. And so I was almost relying on a substance to change who I was being. And I found through um, different types of experimentation that that whole story I had told myself was not only wrong, but almost backwards. Um, with some abstinence from alcohol. But I think what you're speaking to more is like understanding how substances can affect your reality without affecting who you are. Like there's a difference there and, and you don't have to change who you're being based on a substance, but you can observe the substance and how it interacts with your body and learn from it and perhaps utilize it in a more uh, ceremonial way. And I think that's, that's the big difference between a lot of these psychoactive compounds, you know, people are um, initially, I think a lot of people were using ayahuasca ceremonies as almost like a, a ceremonial party in a way mm-hmm. without real intention or without real um, respect for, for the plants and for the medicine. And uh, I think the world is waking up or a lot of, a lot of people that I know and associate with a lot of information I'm reading to the medicinal qualities of not just ayahuasca or psilocybin but also things like alcohol mm-hmm. and um, even uh, tobacco and and some of the ceremonial utilization of it and I think in in the right context and with the right perspective um, you know it's certainly it's kind of an all everything goes type uh, mentality with with respect and with the right intention yeah absolutely I second all of that and 
ceremony is so powerful and so alive in this experience that I'm having. And yeah, what I try to do is view everything as ceremony, you know, sitting down to have a meal or, you know, a moon ceremony or even like if I drink coffee in the morning, my coffee in the morning. (laughs) So, um, and hair ceremonies, just inviting in the the honor the intention and the space into everything you're doing and just being mindful of what it is that you are taking action in and practicing it it just changes things it changes the experience and the energy and your trajectory i love that you've been using that word i'm stealing it um mm-hmm. It just changes so much in such a powerful way. It's felt in your body, in in your experience. So absolutely, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you have anything else to add before I move forward? Um, one thing popped into my head just now as we were talking about substances and exogenous substances. I'm not sure what the um, what the the value will be but a a huge huge lesson that i learned recently was the power of caffeine and uh specifically when i was sick uh, prior to being sick one of the things that i was using to continue to be hyper productive and go to the gym and uh and to be you know um on calls and and to just be animated and present and and really on the ball was caffeine and it wasn't inordinate amounts but it was definitely you know um, nitro brew is amazing and it's got like 400 milligrams of caffeine for 16 ounces or something like that if if i'm um, recalling correctly that's a lot of caffeine and i was having one of those guys before the gym quite often toward the end before i got sick and um i went through a like a detox process from caffeine and now I've changed my relationship with it for the first time in uh, probably 10 or 12 years. I don't have any caffeine in the morning. And I mean, it was a very small amount. Half a caffeine pill was sort of my part of my morning sort of cocktail. And, um, and that's not a thing anymore for me. And I don't really utilize caffeine much at all. And man, it, it has been such a shift for me. I don't know if you're a coffee drinker or if you utilize caffeine. Um, a lot of people don't, but that to me was an incredible eye-opening experience, like how powerful I mean, headaches and just joint aches and all kinds of stuff from not drinking caffeine. It was mind-blowing. Yeah, I am a coffee drinker, hairstylist, babe, hairstylist. <laughs> right, right, like, right. Like in between every client, like gulp, 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 got to get my energy right so I can yep. like, be in service. So I have got to look at my relationship with coffee just the same as with alcohol, um, especially yeah. over the past year. I've completely cut it out. I have rebuilt my relationship with it. And funny enough, Joel, I love how connected we are. It just makes me so happy. Uh, I just love it because whenever I get affirmation from people in my life that I feel connected to, I'm like, yes, I'm on the right path. Life is good. And this may be a strange thing to connect and feel that way about, but whatever. Um, I had a similar experience with coffee over the past few days. I had 
a purge in my life of some relationships, which is a previous podcast episode that I did on Monday, uh, Rothentically Me, Pick Your Friends. And this purging process, when I am deeply, deeply impacted emotionally, up until this point at least, I have struggled with eating <laughs> during those times. And on top of the, the intermittent fasting and what have you, um, and I, I had very, very busy days calls, obligations, responsibilities, events. Uh, I taught classes and there was no space for me to to sit and to be. And so I was drinking coffee, not really eating and going through this whole purging process myself. And it was very eye-opening to, to experience that with coffee. So I think it's interesting that we had a similar experience. Yeah, it's, I mean, there's always, I think, room to, to grow and to learn and um, without judging our processes, just being aware of, that we are on a journey and that we're, we're able to learn. And um, I love that we had a, a similar experience and kind of shared some of the same, almost same time frame as well with that. It's a couple of weeks before you, but, um, but yeah, it's, it's beautiful. I think we can, we can always have a new opportunity to learn and grow from, from these things. Mm-hmm. So something that i just want to speak to and that i admire in you and your experience that you've had on this earth so far um you know you have such a interesting past with you know being an addict and from what i understand um that was not the only hard challenge that you had were you you were homeless too right at one point is that right yeah yeah um so this (laughs) this past that you've had and spoke about and shared about it's not something that i see anyway you speaking to often um and for me, I have shared very often with, you know, my traumas and what I have experienced. And for me, I have identified for a while with the victim mentality. And that's something that I'm born again of presently. Um, but I just admire how you have owned the experience that you've had and not really, at least my perception of you, and I could be totally wrong, but my perception is that you haven't, you know, taken a fall into victimhood and stayed there. And so I'm just wondering, because I, I have done that, <laughs> um, what, what, how did you do that? <laughs> Um, thank you for those kind words, first of all. And, you know, it's really interesting is this is the first time I've actually looked at this from this angle. And I think part of the reason that I have this perspective on my past and the reason that it is not part of my vernacular on a regular basis is really out of necessity. And um, what I mean by that is the man that I was 15, you know, even coming on, I guess, 20 years ago, um, is not the man who I am today in such a dramatic way that 
it I almost like forgot that man and because of that I just didn't really talk about him I didn't really talk about my experiences and and what I had gone through a lot of the reason for that is because I so um, in medicine there are rigorous background checks that I had to go through when I started to own up to my past and and not only was I an addict and, and homeless and stuff but I made some poor choices in life and ended up in and out of jail for about a three-year stretch in a small town um, just just being young and and not sober and not making healthy choices and so I had like eight different offenses and none of these were like felonies or anything like that it was I had a couple DUIs I had minor in consumption possession of, of drugs and paraphernalia and all this stuff but it was enough that it I got accepted to PA school and then I almost got denied when they found out about this. And I've been denied access to hospitals for clinical rotations. I was supposed to do a uh, cardiothoracic surgery rotation at a hospital in Florida that I was denied access to because of my past. Uh, and, you know, I was class chair for my PA school. I was a student ambassador. I was an ambassador for the program. Um, Based on how active I was and what my goals were, being a parent, trying to be a medical professional, it was almost like that piece of me I didn't even want to talk about or ever bring up. And so it was, it was almost this complete pushing aside and, and forgetting about it to the point that, um, I mean, you saw me in Maui, in Hawaii. And for those listening, I was invited to share some of my shadows, like the deepest, darkest stuff. And and this is what came up for really one of the first times in my life since I had had moved past it um, and some of the gritty details associated. But I think because of that, it forced me so far on the other side of it that I, I didn't even identify with it. And it's almost been a challenge to talk about it and, and to even bring it up because I'm so detached from that man, number one. And then number two, um, I want to make sure that I talk about it in a way that is not um that feels authentic to me that i'm not trying to say hey look at me look at where i've been look at this these places look how far i've come but more of a place of like hey look what's possible and mm -hmm. and there is a way that we can you know there's a system to this there is there's a way that we can be successful overcoming addictions and um, homelessness and and really pretty uh dire circumstances and so I think for all of those reasons, you know, it's, that's kept me far, far away from any type of victim mentality. Mm -hmm. And how beautiful you had that photo cross your path and you got to actually congratulate yourself and say, wow, look at how far I've come. Yeah. Yeah. That was a pretty, pretty special moment. And there are a couple of people, Brooklyn, my daughter's 13 and her mom, knew me through kind of the tail end of, of some of that. And sometimes she'll remind me um, like on Father's Day or something. She'll remind me, send me a picture or just talk to me about how proud she is of me. And, and those types of things are just like, you know, it's a little mind blowing sometimes to look back and be like, wow, look where I was. And, you know, and it puts things in perspective, any struggles I might have or, you know, difficulties I'm facing or whatever. It's like, man, I'm still here, <laughs> you know? So. Yeah, and it's interesting. It's like 
humble bragging of ourselves is what is coming up for me because for <laughs> it's like similar similar life experience but we've coped i guess in completely different ways because something that has helped me get through everything is to look at my accomplishments and honor myself and be like Serena look at everything <laughs> and like kind of taking inventory of of where I've been and where I am and and what I've been able to accomplish despite the circumstances so um I just find that reflection that we have of each other very interesting um I love that cool. yeah that's that's got I mean that's I think I would benefit to learn from you in that way um, I have an opportunity to to be kinder and to remember where I've been and and uh, where I've come from. It, it in a lot of ways, I think I think a lot of people are either oriented on focusing on their strengths, like um, building up their strengths and sort of just not worrying about their weaknesses as much, and then others can be focused on like eliminating weaknesses. And like I think I'm much more in the latter camp. Um, and, a, and a little balance of focusing on my strengths would, would probably serve me well. So um, I intend to learn from you in that way. And I intend to learn from you too. That's what we're here for. And my wish is that in sharing all of this, that others can continue to learn from us even just being present with this right now, you know, and being on this podcast and the ripple effect that it will have. And I trust and know that to be true. And I'm just really so honored to be in this life experience with you and to have crossed your path and to be here right now, truly. Yes. Thank you so much. It's honestly, it's been, uh, it's been incredible to, to be able to communicate with you on such an open and authentic level. And that's what I crave, that type of relationship and connection. And for anybody listening who knows Serena, I think they can definitely attest to this. Um, how, how perfect is the name of your podcast? I mean, it's just, it speaks to who you are as a person. And when you show up that way, you call me up in that way also. And it's, it's like a breath of fresh air for me to be able to just speak and to not edit or worry about the way that things come out. And so I'm incredibly grateful for that. And I know you share that with others as well. So continue um, doing that authentic work. Thank you. It means so, so much to me to hear that from you. And, you know, the feeling is mutual and yeah. Um, before we close, I'm just like overwhelmed with love. I'm like, love. <laughs> um, but before we were coming to an end here of our recording, and I'm just wondering if you have any offerings that are on your heart or a message for the world or any, any final things that you wish to, to share with us today. Yeah. I mean, just to kind of freestyle this, uh, there's, I think that there's always so much change in life around us constantly. Things are growing and dying and cycles of life. And we're in a new moon phase now and, you know, halfway through a, a new week and we're never going to have these moments again. Our bodies are constantly changing and evolving and falling apart in some ways and rebuilding in others. 
I would just invite listeners, I'm going to call myself up and also maybe you, Serena, to, to allow our thinking and our thought process to similarly be alive and evolving and growing and to not be stagnant and to not think the same thoughts we thought yesterday, to believe the same stories and to tell ourselves the same, you know, quote unquote truths about life, but just to remain curious and to be oriented on growth and development. And um, certainly is something that I've, I've been working on myself. And um, yeah, that's, I think my closing thought. And drop the mic. (laughs) (laughs) That was so, so beautiful, brother. Thank you so much. And I love you. I love you too. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening to Authentically Me podcast. If you would like to book a reading or work one-on-one with Serena, get in touch with her at bookserenarose at gmail.com. To get involved and receive in a deeper way, become a patron by following the link www.patreon.com forward slash Serena Rose. You can also find me on Instagram under the handle Serena Rose Jarvis. It is an honor to share with each and every one of you authentically. Remember to be you, be true, and be beautiful. You are exactly where you are supposed to be, doing exactly what you are supposed to be doing. I love you.